When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now, it's crazy because you, um, even just you, you telling me that you wanted to do it, like, that meant a lot. Yeah. Just I being see honest. you putting in the work, man. I know, I know what it's like when you starting from the bottom. Not that you started from the bottom, but just like. Oh, I did. Right, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you've been putting in the work. I've been paying attention. No, I appreciate you, bro. And it's, um, first and foremost, I wanted to give you your flowers. Right? Appreciate like, you. Like, for real, bro. Like, coming from Baltimore, you yeah. were like the epitome of like success right and i know for you it's probably like man, i'm still climbing for sure but for niggas like us bro and i still speak for the niggas that's in the trenches because i feel like i'm still on my way up absolutely bro. you are i mean nothing short of legendary bro. appreciate you dog i carry that on my back man i carry that bro i i it's like you know sometimes you don't realize when you end the war when you when you in the dirt still you don't realize the influence or, or mm-hmm. the impact Cause in my mind, it's like I'm I'm humble, like I, you know what I'm saying. But I'm 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 serious about what I do. Mm. But I stay humble because I know I remember where I come from. You know mm. what I'm saying. I still got niggas back home. I still have family back at the crib. So it's like I never get too like over my head with this shit. But I know who I am at the same time. No, that's a fact, bro. Yeah. How hard you said I carry that on my back. Yeah. Yo, it's funny because I always talk about like coming from the city. It's kind of like this this extra pressure or like a, a necessity that, that you put on and say you from the city, wherever you go, I'm from Baltimore, I'm from Baltimore. And when you say like, I carry that on my back, it's like, I feel that. Is that, is that a hard burden to carry? Um, Put it like this. It's like, when people ask me like, yo, what keeps you motivated? Because there were so many times that people thought that I was gonna give up mm. on music. Not even just music, just on my, my journey, my career, getting back to, to where I, I guess you could say I left off in terms of what people expect. Mm. For me, it's knowing where I came from that keep me going. Mm. You know, I don't always go home a lot. I don't always do stuff back at the city, but like it's, I went through so much. I experienced a lot of joy and a lot of pain. Mm. And it's what keeps me driven. That strength is like kinetic energy. It's like, I'm still carrying kinetic energy from Remember when Black Panther put that fucking, the black suit on and he was getting hit and all this shit was happening and it was just giving him more power. That's what I felt like, you know, and I just turned that into hustle. I turned that into perseverance. I turned that into focus. I turned that into, nigga, no matter how many doors close, nigga, I'm gonna keep kicking these bitches down nah, until fact. I get to where I wanna be. And everybody around me gotta have that same energy. Yo, and look, so yeah. Just looking at it just made me, me smile, bro. Cause like, it feel like, even this our first time really meeting mm-hmm. and like your success is just like it feel like it's a part it's feel like that's some of my success it is it's, it's motive it's like bro for sure it's close we see it we got the blueprint 
But you know, it's, it's crazy because like, and I, and I wanted to ask you this, coming from Baltimore, one of the conversations that we have, like all the artists is, man, man, we don't have a lot of niggas on. Niggas ain't on it because niggas get on and they don't ever come back and put on for the city. Yeah. And I'm like, how, was that the conversation when you was coming up or was you too, even too young to even have that conversation? I feel like I didn't start to understand that until later on when I started seeing niggas from other places pop off and have clicks and have, you know, cosigns. Cause really it's about the cosign, mm. you feel me? And cause a lot of times they don't even be like niggas really fuck with each other. Like, oh, we grew up together. Some In some cases, but like a lot of times it's just like, yo, I fuck with you cause you from this city and it's a cosign and then we, we link up and we do whatever. I just feel like um, there's more quantity in other cities and a mm. lot of other cities have more opportunities around that has been built into the city that somebody else laid the foundation for that like, gives what? them platforms. Like for, for example, right? You come to a city like where we are now. Why you come to Atlanta? Why you ain't go somewhere else? Because it's it's affordable to live here. It's a lot of resources here. Opportunities it's a lot sure. of opportunity, sure. right? So that has to be created. And so, you know, Think about all the, all the artists that came out of Baltimore. Everybody kind of had short-lived careers mm. in a lot of ways, right? It, or, or they maybe only had, they were still hustling to get to a place where it was sustainable. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Why you talk about groups or whether you talk about like different artists, solo artists. So it's like in order to continue to have success with no cosigns, no, and you on the island by yourself, really, when you're coming from Baltimore, you on the mm. island by yourself in, in, in the motherfucking ocean. That's how I feel, mm. you know what I'm saying? And so I'm at the point now where it's though like I grind, I grind, I grind, I grind. And this my first, like this this is like my, these are my veteran years. Nigga been in the game for 20 years. Now I got the knowledge where it's though I can really put my foot in the dirt, back in the dirt and be like, all right, let me carry, you know what I'm saying? But until I get back to where it's sustainable, where I can put a lot of motherfuckers under me and be like, yo, come on, we going? That's what I'm working towards. Mm. So it ain't over for Baltimore yet, trust me. I got a vision, and it's bigger than music. It's a lot more talent than just music. You got artists, you got a lot of, you got a lot of smart people, hustlers, creatives. There's a lot of creatives in the city, bro. You feel me? And so it ain't over yet, and we still here, bro. It's never, it's never too late, but it's mm. also about, they gotta, you gotta have the mindset. You can't just be talented without the mindset. No, that's you a feel fact. Me? So. It's crazy because like um, somebody was telling me like, Bro, you can't put your city on in your city. And I ain't really understand Damn, that's that. that's deep. Because what happened is like- People you, don't believe. Right, like you're so talented, and it's like only thing you, you have to show, the city is the city, right? But when I moved to Atlanta, like even the, to have the opportunity to interview you is because the work was put in in Atlanta because I was had opportunity to meet with nigga, other people. I'm here because you was, you was consistent. Yeah, nigga. for sure, you for sure, for sure. Nah, nigga. Nah, nah, I mean, <laughs> this nigga was not consistent. Take, let me not, let me not but also what you're doing, but the like- work, Speak for itself though. But what you doing is like you being persistent, dog. You you know what I'm saying? You was like, nigga, you put I the was, real. Because yeah. I don't it, know look at look at like I don't do a lot of interviews. No, you don't. Cause I don't really like interviews like that. Unless it's like real talk and it's like something that's like, yo, people gonna get something different from me. Mm. Nigga, if it ain't something that people feeling different, I don't wanna do it. Like no, I'll just be used for clickbait. Like, nah. So Yeah, nah. It, and it's crazy because I say that to say, like, just coming out here doing interviews with different people who wouldn't stop at Baltimore. Because yeah. usually what happened is they come to the north, they go to New York, right? They yeah. might go to Philly, they skip over Baltimore and go straight to D.C. Yeah. So now that I'm in Atlanta, I'm able to get bigger interviews, and then every time I sit down, I'm from Baltimore, I'm from Baltimore, I'm from Baltimore. You feel me? So that's, in a way, that's like putting on for the city. For right? sure. And then eventually, if I get 
when I get much bigger, I can go in the city, I can set up home and then I can bring yeah. them back home. But I can't do that on, on a come up. Like who nah, the fuck I know what you, you mean. You, you gotta you gotta leave like you gotta lead a nest, man. And it's okay to do that. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people feel like, oh, if I leave, then it's like I'm turning my back on no. Like you gotta lead a nest. One thing about Baltimore, bro, is that I mean, I lost the accent, you know what I'm saying, to nah, a certain degree. Me, almost. Look, you know what I'm saying? It's still there a little bit, but it's it like you if you from Baltimore, it'll never leave you. Never. Like the energy never leaves you. Never. And niggas can't fuck with us. I'm sorry. The I'm sorry energy, to work. I think it's different. The energy never leave you. Mm, you know what mm, I'm saying? Mm. And I feel like that's in itself a representation of and 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 in some good ways and some bad ways. Mm. Is there certain parts of myself that I had to heal in order to be successful, more successful? I was an antisocial. I didn't fuck with nobody. Like when I tell you, like nigga. People thought I was an asshole. They'd be like, yo, he, 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 like, you know what I'm saying? To a certain degree. But at, at the same time, I was humble, but I just, I never really opened my arms to people like that. Even my peers. Mm. I had to learn that, like, yo, you gotta, you gotta really embrace motherfuckers. Like, everybody, everybody ain't out to hurt you. How do you embrace niggas when, I don't think that's your fault, because I feel the same way. I don't it's fuck with niggas because niggas don't fuck with me. But a lot of times until it's beneficial fuck these it's niggas. true it's true bro it's true well, sorry my language i'm, I'm getting past my bad no nah, no nah, but it's real shit it's real shit you know i feel the same way i just don't say it you mm. know what i'm saying um but it's like i realized that it was hurting me more than it was helping me that mindset mm. for example when you go to war like when people go to war there's still rules there's still rules in, in, in war right or or at least from what the movie shows like all right when it's time to go to war you know, everybody got nuclear bombs, mm. but it's rules to how you can use the shit. Facts. Like you could be, you see people who got nukes still going shake hands with other presidents they used to hate each other ten years ago, five years ago. It's the same shit. We we at war in this shit. Like we at war with making sure people know who we are, understand our work ethic. People gonna always sleep on you until they see you doing what you're doing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They ain't gonna they ain't gonna clap for you. They ain't gonna be the first person to clap for you. Right. That's never gonna happen. It's just not it's not human nature, right? And so at the end of the day. I realized that you know what, this shit, this game gonna run without you or with, or with you, and it's it's a lot out here for you, but you gotta go get it. And in order to get it, you gotta play the game to a certain degree, mm. and that's what I realized. And that shit, that mindset changed my life. Now, you just gotta create your own war strategy mm. that works for you, because the same shit that worked for you might not work for me. Same shit that worked for me, not gonna work for you. Thanks. And so I just kind of took that mindset and just took it to another level of like. You know, I am who I am at the end of the day. I got a vision and a mission. If that means, like, motherfucker got to misinterpret you for a minute so to get you later, then that's what it is. It ain't, it ain't going, as long as I ain't disrespect or whatever, fuck what people think. Mm. Keep doing your shit. No, that's a fact. And, bro, I hope you got some time because I'm not, I don't want to, I'm going to spend some time on Baltimore, we but good. I got, definitely we got the, the project no, good. that's coming good, up, the Sunday. single that's out, you feel me? But, um, yeah. Speaking of Baltimore, yo, and yeah. um, I just want to use this time while I'm, while I'm sitting next to you. Uh, rest in peace, my guy, white boy, producer that came from out of Baltimore. He was on to come up. He just got killed. Right. Uh, send my condolences to the entire city, man. We lost a good one. But, like, you know, when people mention Baltimore, of course, they mention The Wire. Mm -hmm. They mention, like, all of the uh, the violence in, in Baltimore. But one thing that I, you and I understand, importantly, next to, like, the murders and the violence mm -hmm. that people skip over is the substance abuse. <sighs> And not only what it do to the to the city itself and the communities and the and the grown ups in the city, but what it do to the kids, bro. Mm -hmm. Like my mom was on drugs for a long time. 
Wow. Uh, rest in peace. God bless her soul. Your mom's passed away from a, a yes. overdose. Yes. Um, and like what people don't understand is it's more than just the substance abuse and, and what they going through, but the shit that it, it put us through as children. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's um it's mental, it's emotional, it's spiritual, mm. it's um it's just traumatizing all the way across the board. You know what I'm saying? To especially when you live with it and you like are you firsthand witness it on every level, every fucking level, from watching it being done to the effects of it to watching somebody you love just kind of like deteriorate in front of your eyes. Mm. And while it seems like it's a choice, it really is a disease. Mm. Substance abuse really is a disease. You know what I'm saying? And it's 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 um the influences of it can come from their own trauma. It could come from making one mistake and trying some shit and just getting on it, you know? But I think that a lot of that shit does come from trauma. It does come from, well, my mother, she had a car accident. You know what I'm saying? She was paralyzed for like, mm. I can't remember exactly how long I was so y'all. I think like a couple, a few years and they told her she'd never walk again. Like she was playing tennis in college or anything. She was one of the top players in Maryland at the time. She got had the full scholarships, all of that. And um, I was like, Shit, man, like five or six. I was young and um during this time and she started using because of that. Mm. Well she was using as a like heroin. Yeah, my mom's did oh, shit, probably everything. Heroin, crack, like all of it. Uh, she never fucked with crack. Uh, nah, my mom's did. That's all crazy. And I not to I don't want to like put my mom because I love my mom's. Nah, but, but we having real talk. This yeah, shit is and, real and that's shit. The thing, that's the thing I wanted to talk to you about because like as men. You know, we had this conversation of like not us not having feelings and shit. Yeah. And like one thing I heard you say was like, man, you know, I love my moms, right? And like you you was intentional about going back and just building that relationship. Yeah. And part of it was like, man, if she ain't go through what she went through, I wouldn't be who I am. And it's like, is that true? Like I get it, cause the pain forces the push forward. That I said that. You said That's what you, I said. Like it was something. It wasn't that verbatim. No, because I may have said that. You it was know what something I mean? along those lines, though. I don't know the context of how I said it, but I would say that, like, even through her addiction, she saw my talent at a young age, and she knew that music was an outlet for me. Mm. And I think for her, it was like, "Yo, let me get him on this. Let me put like, I, you know, how some people put their children in sports. Let me surround him with." what I love, music, mm. you feel me? So that he has something to distract him from whatever the fuck is going on out here, you know? And so if it wasn't for her doing that, I would definitely wouldn't be where I'm today. And I think what I said was more- The pain, more, you wouldn't be able to survive in the industry. If yes, that's through. what I was talking about. Yeah. I was talking about more so like, you know, just like everything I went through with her prepared me for, like this shit that we do, and this shit, like, there's so many different dark moments in the industry as an artist. The ups and downs, the flowers, and they, them being taken away. Mm-hmm. It's like... I put you on this pedestal, but I can strip it off, too. You feel me? And it's not even, it's not even like, planned that way. It just happens that way because that's just how it works. And that's and life, ups and downs. You, you gotta have me? some ups and downs. But when you're in a spotlight... If your mental is not strong enough to handle it and you still push through and you still know how to move in a room, Jay-Z said it best, man. That's why he wanted the goats. Like, 
you got to know how to move in a room full of vultures. Vultures ain't always, like, straight out to kill you right away. Vultures just mean, like, they just trying to feed off your energy. Mm. Everybody feeding off your energy. You selling energy. We selling energy. This, the music is selling energy, bro. And and that's the science behind it. But in that is, like, what you going through, The the not, your personal life don't matter. Mm. It don't matter to people. It's like, what can I get out of you? How much energy can you give me so that we can have success? So going through everything I went through helped me to be able to persevere through that and learn. It forced me to go and get myself together spiritually. That was a part of why I was gone so long, too. During that hiatus time, I was doing a lot of spiritual work. I became a mystic. I've been a mystic for the last 12 years. Well, 10 years, right? And that's just me. My studies, any, everything from the mind to spirituality, world religion, mm -hmm. anything you can imagine, I've probably read a book on it in, in, in some way, shape, or form. So that really helped me to understand how to navigate through the process of creation, destruction, mental stability, um, the energy, the God-given energy that God gave me to move with and how to protect that. Mm. And all of it's like one big gumbo that I mix together and I find the corresponding links and I balance it up. Cause I was gonna ask you, it's funny cause you, I hear you talk about it a lot, like how you became a mystic. Yeah. And um, you, you're super big on energy. Yeah. And um, But one thing that I wanted to bring up, but you said it though, I don't think I've heard you speak about God as much as you speak about the energy part of it. And I but was see, gonna ask you, what about that's that? That's a great question, right? And so the way I see God is that like, there's no separation between me and God. Like, I don't put anything, like, I don't put, like, okay, I got to do this in order for God to love me. I got to do this in order to get to heaven. Or I got to do this. I don't believe, I don't think like that. Mm. I don't have a religious outlook on life because if I did, I probably would have gave up on music a long time ago. Mm. Because in the, in the Bible, everything about what we do is wrong. Quote, unquote. Right? Especially if you talk to, like, super religious people. I grew up in church. I, I sang in church. You know? But I... I was going to church, but then I was going home and seeing drugs and seeing all types of I was going home and getting our house raided. You know what I'm saying? Cops it's a big busting through It was like, it wasn't my grandmother's fault. It wasn't our parents' fault, but we were just surrounded by so much of that. And so it was just like, all right, as a kid, you're like, nah, this shit is about choices. Mm. This shit ain't about, this shit, God loves me regardless. Mm. This shit is real. Life is really about choices. It's cause and effect. And the science behind life is all around us, right? God is all around us. So I don't see any separation. So I don't I don't feel like I need to force. I talk to God every day. I pray every day, right? But I feel God's presence around me 24-7. So I don't feel the separation. I feel the need to like prove to people that, oh, I believe in the same God as you. I don't, I don't think like that. Because mm. I move, I let my light be a reflection of what God does for me. And if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here. You know, so I give it all the glory to God, all the glory. No, I mean, it's interesting, yeah. and it's good to hear you say that, because like, yeah. like I said, I never really hear that part of it. Yeah. That's why I wanted to be curious. But I want to go yeah, back sure. to, you know, our moms, right, mm -hmm. and that substance abuse and the effect that it had on us. Mm -hmm. One thing you said that I say a lot, like, if it wasn't for that struggle, we wouldn't be able to move through the situations we, we moved through. And I feel like, of course, that's me giving my mom's grace, mm -hmm. right, because I love her to death. She, she instilled a lot of positive things in me which I'm sure your moms did the same with you. But like, you know, just going through therapy, I understood that I can forgive my moms, but also understand the pain that it caused me. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And it like, because that's much, your truth. Like it, you can't. Yeah, exactly. And as much as it's true that I, it probably prepared us for the bullshit more you than I, because you seen, I mean, a different level of success. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's not true because we see so many. I mean, we going. I don't want to make it a race thing. We mm-hmm. see so many people in, in, uh, in other cultures who came from success stories and are able to move in a better way because they have the experience, not just the the tra- the, the, the trauma, or right? Resources. You get what I'm saying? The resources, and they taught it. Yeah. They, they didn't learn through the BS, right? Right. They they learned through the good things and what not to do. We learned through the fire. You get Facts. what I'm saying? And that, that that made a lot of that gave us a lot of pain. But it, it, that's been happening, especially in this country. That's been happening to us forever, for years, for hundreds of years. Facts. Man. You know what I'm saying? It's just the the system and how it happens has just changed. Mm. Right? You think about the jail system, you think about the streets, you think about how drugs get in the streets, how guns get in the streets, you think about the fact that we have unhealthy foods, we don't have access. When I travel, and we talk about living in LA, like, there's a lot of resources for healthy foods in LA, Mm. even though it's still bullshit because a lot of the healthy foods are now GMO, Mm -hmm. but like, I'm just saying in general, I can go to an Air One or a Whole Foods and get vitamins and healthy foods. In the hood, you can't do that. Right. You can't go to it. And we're gonna we're gonna change that. But that's just one aspect of why our minds, our bodies, our our influence, everything that we're surrounded by is toxic. Mm. And so what do we expect to have? You know what I'm saying? And it's not a child that just grew up in a family that can't afford to live a healthy life. It's not their fault. They grew up in a toxic toxic environment. Right? And so yeah, we already have the the lower hand. Mm. in that and so these types of conversations these types of platforms and and just where we are in the world right now is is a level of consciousness that's flowing that's going that's going up you know what i'm saying and so now is the time that we have to like tell the truth and you know even going back to the god conversation they want you to feel like everything you do you're condemned constantly it's like, oh, you gotta go do this and, and, and you're doing this because, you know, I hate when people say, oh, like, your family is cursed mm-hmm. or you're cursed because of this or you're cursed because of that. No, it's just, this is just, the, it's, it's by proximity. All of these things are happening because we're in proximity to a system that's already fucked up. Mm-hmm. When you change your proximity, you change your experiences. When you change your mind, change your actually, life. sorry, when you change your mind and the way you view life, no matter if you're in the middle of of, of a fucking most toxic place, if you change your mind, you could be in the same space with someone and and live a completely different reality because of the way you think. Mm. And that's one of the most important secrets about your existence and your connection to the universe, your connection to God. Let's take the word God out of it and the way you think about it. Just think about existence and cause and effect. And I'm, when I say that, because I know some people are like, hey, taking God out. No, I don't mean it. I'm just saying mindset-wise, see no separation between you and God. Everything that you think and everything that you feel is immediate. You may not see it in this realm because this is the lowest frequency. It doesn't happen here first. It happens in the mind first and the universal God mind first. And then it's manifested here. Mm. But you have, to, you have to create the space for it. And creating the space for it is allowing your mind to coagulate all of these things you feel so it's emotions your mind all of that shit creates your reality and so we got to teach the kids that Mm. and we got to teach them that their tongue 
and what you speak about, what you listen to, it's powerful. all of that is creating the reality you're experiencing. And I say that with the utmost belief because I see it in my life every day. If I'm in a space, if I let myself go to a dark space, everything in my, in my world starts to like turn into that type of energy. It's still usable energy, but it's not sustainable when it comes to creating high vibrational experiences. It's kind of like the saying, like it rains, it pours. Like when it rains, yes, it pours. Yes, absolutely. Right? And like, it's, it's funny because they say, how you do one thing could be how you do everything. So in a moment of you being upset, right? Hypothetically, let's say I come here, I set up. It's like, why are you upset? Yeah. That's why you got you to gotta start there. That's the crazy part. Right. But let's say it just spills over, right? Like come in, let's say, I don't know, a camera don't work. Now right. I'm upset. Right. I'm in my mind, the camera don't work. So now I, I forget to bring something else. Right. Now it just keep rolling yeah. over instead of saying, okay, this don't work. Let me see how I can make good for what the rest of what I have. Exactly. And so, and so right there, that's what you talk about like other races of people and other people who like just have a different mindset because they don't have the trauma that we have. Mm. We automatically go to the most negative thing in a lot of ways, especially where we come from. Mm -hmm. We think the most negative shit, like, oh, this happened to me because it is like, no, no. Like sometimes shit happens and you, your job as a creator, you know, you look at the word, like there's some acronyms for the word, like a governor operating and destroyer, right? God, we look at it like, we govern, we operate, and we destroy, or we create, whatever. You literally can create out of whatever bad situation, another situation that either teaches you how to pivot better, or it could be another better outcome. You just never tried that direction because you're comfortable with this way. Mm. So in life, there's multiple different corresponding points to everything. And so if you understand the, 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 um, the rule of correspondence, then you understand there's always another point and there's always another direction. So I think that it's just about looking for the solutions instead of like focusing on the problem. Let's stay at the mindset, bro. You, you, you left Baltimore for some time and you came back because of the substance abuse and your little brother and everything that was going on, right? To be there for your Right, family. yeah, I came, I moved back to Baltimore um, from Jersey to just like, yeah, be close to my mom and like just, just help her out. Yeah. Cause I was at the point where I'm like, I got some paper now, like I can, I can go and like, I thought I knew what to do. I thought I I was ready. Right. And you was um I, I was eight, I in, was nineteen at the time. You said this in essence. You was like how like you was intentional about like reconnecting that, rebuilding that friendship, right? Absolutely. But it's another side of that where and maybe I'm speaking for myself, but I'm just curious, where like and I'm gonna just speak candidly, like mm -hmm. it hurts so much that I'm not as close to my mom's, but I it's like I wanna be, but I can't fake it because I really had to bring myself up i had to you know what i'm saying i had to take Ooh. care of myself so and it was like i want to i want to be your friend i want to be connected but sometimes when you can love somebody but yeah like just energy is real connection is real like so the real. chemistry is real mm -hmm. so when you don't have that chemistry with somebody yeah you can love them but it's only with so much and i'm not gonna lie like to this day my mom's still here and i love her to death i talk to her every day but it hurts because i want that but i don't like even my my, my, my pops died it hurt that I wasn't hurt, if that makes sense. Because right. I wanted to feel that pain, but I couldn't because he was never there. I, I just, just fucking really. You get what I'm saying? Like that hurts. Like what how was it when you went home and you was trying to be intentional about building yeah. this relationship? How was that with you and your mom's? Man, um shit. It was opposite for me. For me, I had to learn the opposite way. Mm. I, I I would say I left Baltimore again after realizing that this shit was about to destroy me. It was destroying me. Mm. 
it was nothing could tell me that I couldn't change her mind about her choices. But when I realized love wasn't enough, when I realized money wasn't enough, when I realized nothing was enough and that she had to make that unite when i'm like when you're 19 years old you don't understand human behavior that much you just understand cause and effect a little bit and you, you just understand everything that you learn and that's around you picking up you learning about trial and error mm-hmm. you fall and you get back up I, all i knew in life was just every time i fell I, I knew i was gonna get back up whether it's a bad decision or whatever and so i learned later no i, I stayed back home for like four almost five years and then I ended up moving to LA for the first time, like really moving, because some shit that went down with me and my mom, and it was just like, all right, bro, like what that the was fuck? the um, what's the name incident, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. It was it was a crazy incident that wasn't true, and it was just because I was in proximity to it when it was real. Like I could I could hide a lot of shit between us. I hid it for years. Mm. I did do a documentary, but that was that was whatever. But Whatever was going on, I tried to not let it show. But I couldn't hide everything because it was just Baltimore small. And shit was just getting so real to the point where I'm like looking for her, driving down, you know what I'm saying? Different different alleys and shit. And don't just you feel me? Like just just doing shit just impulsively, like, yo, nah, bro. Like, I had to leave. Looking back on it though, like I know your mom's gone and everything, but like do you think about how bad that hurt and with the shit that it did to you? Um, I try, I, hmm, sometimes, sometimes I think about it when I'm sitting by myself and just like, if I allow myself to go there, but I really don't allow myself to go there, to be honest with you. I had counseling one. Yo, this episode is sponsored by the morning meetup, man. Shout out to my guy, David Shines, man. He's probably one of the few people I know who actually built multiple multi-million dollar businesses, right? He created the morning meetup to help other entrepreneurs do the same thing. Now, listen. As an entrepreneur myself, I know how hard it can get, especially when we start making money and we get to like this financial cap that we can't get past. And honestly, let's be real. They say it ain't what you know, it's who you know. We probably can't get past this cap because we either, one, outgrew the people around us, or two, we just being lazy and weighing in the rooms we need to be in. It's just plain and simple. But trust me, this is your time because the morning meetup is that room we got to be in. It's filled with, filled with entrepreneurs getting to it. They reading different books every month, Right. They holding each other accountable. And it's just honestly just something dope to be a part of. So listen, if you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to get to this bag, you're trying to flourish more than you've been flourishing now, you got to go to the morningmeetup.com. That's www.themorningmeetup.com and join now. Let's get to it. I'll see you there. Tom, I did it, but I ain't really like follow yeah, through with it. it. No, I did, but I just never continued it. It's I'm a workaholic. I think I, yeah. I think, I think I really mask a lot of my pain by working really fucking hard. Right. And that's why I feel like it's a it's a beautiful bittersweet thing. I say that because like you had mentioned um somewhere that like I think you yearning for that love from your mom's kind of made you like promiscuous in a way. Nigga, you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, nigga. I say that because like I swear to God, bro, I don't know if I, I don't know if it it's brought, real shit though. Nah, yeah, nah, real I, don't, shit. I don't know if it brought tears to my eyes, but I told my fiance this like real years shit. ago, like because I didn't. It's just like it, it's just like you. My definition of love and connection came. It's just it's it's more toxic. Is it's a little bit more like it's not. There's a part of my heart that that will all that I feel like will always be numb. Mm. 
and is I'm happy. I feel happy. But when I'm with somebody that love me, and I see like their level of like what they expect like from me, like in terms of like openness and like even though I'm very open, but I'm more open in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. I'm more open like in like that way than I am like on some like mm-hmm. in ways where I see dudes that's like really happy with their women and their women. I I don't know if I'll ever have that. Mm. Like just happiness and we laughing every day and we like I have days where I don't want to see nobody. I don't want to talk to nobody. Just leave me alone. And it's not because I don't like you or nothing. I just I could be in a room, awkward silence makes me happy. Like I don't want I don't want to talk if it's nothing to really talk about. Like I have those days and I'm numb. I don't feel nothing. And then some days I'm like, it's lit. You know what I'm saying? And it's and it's so for me. I think that that's a part of my healing process, you know what I'm saying, that I have to have. And um, but I do got a lot of love, and I and I and I I definitely love heart. No, it's crazy because I said I relate to that so much because like just coming up, I think I got into like this. You would think it come from like watching music videos and niggas talking about fucking bitches and all this. Yeah. But like I just like I was introduced to like just woman at a young age. Like my mom just like grinding. She used to have like, damn, this just sounds so crazy. Having an interview, like she used to have, like. The drug dealers like come into the second room and like fuck prostitutes. So I got introduced to it yeah, like that's super, crazy. super early. So that's like crazy. when you said that the love you was looking for makes you more promiscuous, I had this conversation. For I was sure. like, bro, I think I f- like that was my bitch. way of that feeling was, love. Yeah, like me? and it's not about getting the the real love how it looks how it's supposed to look. Facts. But fucking all these girls, fucking different chicks doing being what different women every day, and it's like that's where I. It was really an insecurity, though. Yeah, for sure. That was definitely my younger years. My Like, now, though, I'm not as, like, wild as I used to be. Like, you feel me? As far as different girls, like, all of that shit. But it's it's definitely that sense of, like, connection gets warped sometimes from the pain. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And it's like... When did your mindset, yeah. when did your mindset shift, though? When did you know this um, ain't right? Let me see. My mindset shifted when I started... I think honestly, when I did so years ago, I did a um, twenty-seven day fast. Or I didn't eat food for twenty-seven days. You ain't eat no food. No food. It was I was just on a water diet, uh-huh. and I was drinking like water and like it was like a, a and I was taking these um, organ vitamins every okay. day to clean my or- organs. So or- organ vitamins and water. So I got some of the nutrients from that, but I didn't eat no food. 27 days. Nigga, you talking about God and energy, you should have just did 40 days. Right? <laughs> Facts. No, no that's ignorant. on God. <laughs> and I'm actually working on something. That's ignorant as hell. Nah, I'm, I think, I think, dog, I, I think we were superhuman, man. We, man, I learned so much out of it in that time. All the things that I was craving, all the things that I was feeling mentally was all in my pain body. Mm. And so during that time, I literally got rid of all of that during that time. And it was a painful process. A lot of crying, a lot of body aches, a lot of shivers, a lot of emotional, just bad dreams, um, a lot of darkness, and then light, bro. Literally, I didn't feel human no more. Like, I didn't feel the heaviness of the human experience. And that kind of reset my mindset and reset my spirit and reset my outlook on people life things everything and i realized at that point like okay so this shit is really about we have the power to literally 
die and be reborn again. Mm. So after that, yeah, I changed my whole lifestyle. I just started changing the way I maneuver with women, people, everything. Yo, I, I was just happier. I just, I just, my frequency raised to a whole other level. I might have should have asked that last because I'm curious now. This is just me being selfish. Yeah. And like for the fans out there, I'm curious. How, what was that time like when we make uh, Bray My Head, Just a Friend? I mean, yeah. like you were on the run and yeah. you say like you took a break from music yeah. to be on top of the world. I don't know how, I know you was, a, you was young. To be on top of the world, right? To do whatever you want, then to stop that. A yeah, complete stop. it wasn't. A, was it, it wasn't. It was gradual. You know, it was. You know, music is something that's omnipresent, right? Once you put it out, it's just like it lives through people yeah. and through people. So it was gradual. It was a gradual stop to where it was like, okay, I was like, well, where, where's the music? Where's the? Um, it happened after my second album, I want to say. So I was like, in my early twenties. Is that what um? With the Gucci and Sean Garrett song on it? Nah, that Break was up? after. That that, was, that came in my. That was like nine. What was that? That was like in my. Shit, I can't remember. Coming back, was. you yeah, probably was like trying to make a yeah, comeback. That was like, yeah, that was me like tapping back in. You know, what okay. I'm saying? actually, that was in and out. I was in and out still around that same time. I was still living. I was still living in Baltimore at the time that I when I did that. So, that was like, a little bit after, and then another small hiatus and then i came back so but how was yeah. that lifestyle it had to have been like a culture shock because like you, um, you you in the industry like full out in the industry then it's like i'm kind of in but but people not, just people treating you differently uh, yeah i think for me because i was always a loner it wasn't really too much of a difference okay you know what i'm saying um i wasn't always the person i would reach out to other artists or like just go hang out just to be in the vibe like i started doing that in the last four years mm. you know what i'm saying like just being more of a independent artists and being more of a boss, I'm like, nah, like, you gotta represent yourself. You know what I'm saying? There's no label, there's no nigga good, you gotta go get it, you know what I'm saying? So that just changed my mindset, but how was it? Um, It wasn't too much of a big deal to me. I had so much more real shit going on in my life mm -hmm. that I wasn't really focused on what people thought about that. So it wasn't really a culture shock. So now, yeah. we see you got the, uh, the single with Lil Wayne and Tiger. Yeah. We see like and other music. I put out got, a lot of music. I put out a lot of independent music. Um, if you go listen to the catalog, it's it's a lot of good R and B out there that some of y'all might be missing. Yeah, you had that. You had <laughs> the other song with um, what the f it was Ty about, Dollar. Like, nah, me and Ty. You had that, but it was me another song by yourself. Oh, when you it was like something about fucking two bitches or some together or some shit like that. Oh, you talking about like her too? No, it was it was like some exchange. I don't. I forgot the word. I, so the music video remind me like some. Michael Jackson type shit. It was a girl dancing. Oh, you talking about uh, Pretty Mouth Magic? That, yep. Exactly. Yeah, that's my shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had that. So you had that was music. so that was during COVID. That was my. Uh, it was an EP I put out called Closer to Mars. Yeah. So during COVID. you've been definitely dropping music. I'm curious though. Yeah. You know, especially in the R&B uh, side of the industry, mm -hmm. we want to hear what what connects with us, what we used to. Yeah, right. Yeah. How was it trying to put out this new music? Yeah. But everybody want the old Mario. Like everybody yeah. want to hear braid my hair. You can like <laughs> yeah. just a friend. It's you gotta like, do bro. it. You gotta push through that shit. How I see it, you gotta push through it because as artists, like sometimes we gotta be selfish and do an experiment and do what we feel and what we want. And sometimes it ain't gonna always hit. Mm. But being a legacy artist, like when you got like raw fans, you actually have real talent. You, I feel like you can afford to take those risks. Because I feel like it's just only a matter of time for you have another record that's a hit and that really connects. You know what I'm saying? Hip hop artists do it all the time. Niggas will release 
umpteen records, but then they had that one or two that popped crazy. You know what I'm saying? So you just got to kind of, for me, that's my approach. I like, I needed to experience and I, I'm a creative person. So I have to put out things that I feel like putting out, even if it's different, just to experience it. You know what I'm saying? And Is it then, hard being a legacy artist in putting out music? Is that hard for you? Um, or not? It's just something you used to know. I'm used to it now. It was hard in the beginning because I was like, damn, like it ain't hitting like my other, like it's like you're in competition with yourself. Mm. And it's really what it is, bro. You really in competition with yourself because like that's what people always bring up. It's like, yo, we need another this or we need another. So you're in competition with yourself. And I feel like as long as you're consistent and you keep and you keep going, eventually people will catch up to the new wave that you're on. And you will find the connection again. You will find a record that connects on that level. It just has to, the timing is everything. The stars What's the I believe, I just believe really hard, bro. I, I like, whether a record gets, you know, four or five million streams or whether it gets a hundred million streams or more, like, I just love what I do, bro. And I'm so fucking, I'm just, I'm just, I, I just, nigga, I'm here. You feel mm, me? And I present. love what I do and, and I'm just going to keep going. And I don't know, I, I don't, I can't control everything. But I'm going to hustle, and I'm going to keep going, and I'm going to keep being a, a, a representation of what perseverance looks like until right. I get to where I want to go. Yeah. I don't know, everything else in between, this is the journey, bro. I'm here. I was curious like, to know because you know this saying been going around for a couple years now, maybe two, that R&B is dead. Facts. Right? Like, yeah. What is your opinion for the, R, the, R&B, the state of R&B music right now? So it's such a cliche question, but what's your opinion? Think about me? that. Think about that statement, R&B is dead. That just lets you know, like, just that conversation being had is like when you really love the girl you dating and y'all go through some shit and she's like, this shit's over, I fucking hate you. Mm. Like, bitch, you don't hate me, you love me. Mm. We just going through some real shit right now. You feel me? Like, but what music? Just I'm saying, right but, there, but, what music is gonna make me feel like that? Like back in the day, nowadays. I know what you mean, and you're right. But that's I'm just saying when people say uh, that they want it that much and they want that feeling back again that much. Yeah. That's why they say that R and B will never be dead, bro. It can it can't die. Mm. How can it be dead? I mean, we if, you, if you're talking about the digital crusade, and you're talking about like the fact that we just have a, um, so much hip hop, so many artists, so much shit going on that kind of clouds the fact that R and B may not be. Because you got to think when R&B was at its heights, like radio was way more condensed. Mm. You might hear like even in the in the 90s and the early, like there was a lot more different genres being playing on some of the same stations. Then everything got segregated like as we, everything is spanned in the digital. And then you got so many charts. Look at my, how many charts now you got. It's too many. It's bro. so crazy. It's too many. It's so, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so like when you do that, then you, you know, it, it the perception of it is, it gets crazy, but there's certain R&B artists that's still streaming crazy numbers, that's mm-hmm. still doing their things, that's still touring. Nigga, we just did Atlanta last night, 14,000 people. It looked crazy. In 21 days, you feel me? And it's like, I'm about to go on tour, uh, another R&B tour, me, Robin Thicke and Neil, been doing fucking seven to 10,000 CDs for the past four months, spot dates, just gearing up for his tour, that mm-hmm. he asked me to come on. And it's just like, for me, I don't see it. I feel the energy, R&B's alive, nigga, I'm here, it ain't. Usher's doing fucking residency, doing crazy numbers. Usher going crazy. He going crazy. Well, that's why I said CB, I can't fuck a real CB, nigga. CB, <laughs> he's singing. Right. <laughs> C, look at what CB doing. They've been trying to cancel my nigga for years. Like CB killing shit. Nigga, yeah. he the goat. Yeah. It's too many. It's it's a lot. You know what I'm saying? So we just we we just gotta keep 
Y'all gotta keep supporting us, man. Bro, That's you it. drop. I'm sorry about keeps going back to the single, yeah. bro. But like when I'm thinking about like legacy artists and, and and like artists that came up as like when they was kids, it's not too many, right? That's still making music. But listen to the yeah. people that still making music though, right? So I, this ain't really my time. This is I was a kid. Right. Usher started, I think, at 15. He's still GOAT status. <laughs> Chris right. Brown. Lil Wayne, I think, was 12. Beyonce was a kid, right? Crazy. The ones I named are like legends. Like the legends, it was bro. really good artists came with that when we was kids, but they really like felt like they doing that thing, doing different shit. You are like kind of walking in that direction now, cause like you have a song that's really good. Thank you, bro. And you yeah, with Wayne and Tiger. How does it, how does it feel? Yeah. I don't want to say like legendary, cause I want to be respectful to them, but I don't want to disrespect you. Yeah. But like this is the category of people that you're making music with now. For how sure. does that feel? It feels amazing, you know what I'm saying? Like, and we all have our different journey. Like, we all have our different journeys in this shit of ups and downs. Mm -hmm. But the legacy is the history of our catalogs, the shit that we've already done, but the fact that we're all still, like, hustling on our way to stay relevant, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's just like, it's full circle moment, because Wayne did the remix for Crying Out For Me, like, years ago, and that shit still rang off, mm. you feel me? Like, so... I don't know, it's all for a circle, man. And I feel like for me, it's just, I'm just getting back to having fun again. Like, main one is a representation of just like, like I have an alter ego named Rio, right? And this nigga, he just like to have fun. Like, that's the more fun, more outside part of me that you ain't see when I was growing up. I was singing like more serious love songs. But as I got older, I started just like wanting to make more fun music and shit. So this is kind of like a representation of that. Hey, you know I got yeah. to. From, bro, I'm... We had some great conversations, you know, I got through. Was Rio it? was that nigga on the versus stage. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Mario was singing. Rio was talking shit. Bro, yeah. let's pause and talk For about sure. it. I feel like I haven't heard. That's the one thing I haven't heard you talk much about. The versus shit? Yeah. I'm like one of those people I like to leave shit where it's at. Like, I'm, I believe in real energy. So if it come up, it come up. If it's not, I don't really. If you look at my IG or over the years, bro, I'm not a, I'm not a uh, trolling nigga. I'm not a, I don't know how to do that shit. I'm not good at that shit. I'm good at real energy. That's why I hit so hard because it was raw and it was just like, I wasn't faking the shit. But it's not like, surprising. Well, uh, just me looking back. At the moment it was, I'm going to keep it all the way 100 with you because I ain't about to even lie because we face to face. But on paper, you're not supposed to win that. On paper. Even you yourself. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. All right. Even, let's talk nah, about nah, it. Nah, nah, hey, nah. Nah, nigga. Hold on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's go talk ahead. about it. <laughs> Don't ask me to name no songs. Hey, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. But let, cause I wanted you saying you saying that with confidence. You saying on paper. On paper. I'm not supposed to win a twenty song versus with Omara. No. How? How, bro? How? B2K, Omarion, bro. On paper, nigga, we can run through the records right now. We can. We I'm can run you. through the records. On paper, you're not supposed to win that. And I feel like- I, I feel different. I feel like- Of course you should, I feel, you should feel No, different. no, no. I feel different because I feel like, for me, my shit- All right, this is what people forget. See, this is the tricky part about time and spaces. Or space, look it up. But like, <laughs> my shit was split out over time. You got to think, them niggas had a lot of consecutive- When they was together, they had consecutive. Their impact felt big because they got the bigger looks that I didn't get. Mm-hmm. But record-wise, like the, the, the sustainability of the records that I created, the rawness of the records that I created hit different and it hit harder than a lot of that shit, in my opinion. Like, I, I just feel like, I feel like the, it felt bigger because in their time, yes, they were bigger artists, 
They had bigger moments. They had bigger tours. They had bigger branding. They had bigger opportunities. They did. I get give you that. But this is oh, Mario only had what two real albums. Bro, don't give me a line. I don't know. So how you gonna say this? Because I'm just telling you. I can't. Do you just, know more Mario records than no Mario records? All of, keep, keep it hundred. Your shit hit different because I still we still sing that to this day. I'm asking you a question, bro. I don't. I'm answering your question. I don't listen to that nigga. I listen All to right, so nigga, what are you talking but about? But I'm right telling now? you on, not nah, being real on paper. <laughs> what are you okay. On paper, he even nigga, you even said I think you was on with the Karen Silver podcast. You said I, I think I got like twelve hits I could play. You even said that. Yeah, bro. But you, he, he don't got twenty hits, nigga. It's close. On paper, am I lying? On paper, I'm not about to just sit up here. He don't have face. 20 hits. That's why he had to do fucking. He couldn't. Uh, he ran out of his B2K I don't even think hits. He played, did he? He played B2K shit. I don't Bro, remember. I'm about to, I, I don't remember. How long you want? How we we almost over? <laughs> no, nigga, we not. <laughs> but all like all I'm saying is, hey, yo, the even, red, the red went off on this camera. No, nah, no, nah, we oh, good, okay. we good, we good. Look, this nigga is on. <laughs> nigga, let me work, nigga. <laughs> nah, bro, bro, look, look, man. On paper, all right. So let me finish up my statement. This, this is my opinion. On paper, that was a bold statement. Go ahead. Okay, on paper. You wasn't supposed to win. I don't think so. I think I think what you really mean is on the internet and what people thought and what people thought is that I wasn't supposed to win. I think that that's what the real thing is because I even felt that energy. I had a lot of emails and, and not emails, DMs like, yo, you, why would you do this? You about to get washed and did it. But people just forget, bro. I had a, you got to understand, I had a long drawn out. I put out five albums. Mm. Every one of my albums had a couple of joints on there. Every one of them. You know what I'm saying? Except maybe my my independent album, which still did numbers on its own quietly, but like every one of my albums had at least one or two joints on there that's like, okay, yeah. I only had two albums that had some shit on it, and then he had to go get in the B2K bag. Then he had to perform all these weird ass solo records and shit that he was doing. No, I listen. O had no. O, no, I don't th- O don't got some hits. That. He got some shit. He do I fuck with some of his shit for sure. I'm just saying like. The energy of like what you just said to me, that's the type of shit I was dealing with before the verses. So that's yeah. So 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 it's fair to say that a lot of people was thinking a similar way. It's fair to say. And I think that's what you mean. You mean like on and yeah, in society. I think you had the real and this is just my opinion. Like this is not even no research. This is just my opinion as a fan. Yeah. I think if we looked at verses, we would have known better. Because all of the the verses from the beginning yeah. was kind of like that. The person we thought was going to win, yeah, we was. It really just showed us how ignorant we was to the other person. So, for example, yeah. um, I think who who Sean Garrett went against? N- n- was it Neo? No, nah, the Dream. Dream. Yeah, you would think Dream is going to win. Sean Garrett had some shit. Who Jonte yeah. went against somebody? I, personally, I didn't even know who Jonte was. Yeah, look stupid again. Yeah. Like, and that was that was kind of even when it came to the locks and dipset. Like yeah. niggas like Dipset, <laughs> another one again is like yeah. it showed Fabulous and and Jada Kiss. That's good. I you think, would think Fabulous, but again, and you no different. Yeah. You came out and showed why the talent, Facts. no matter what you think, no matter yeah. how many hits, you showed us why the talent is always going to supersede. And the feeling, what you felt when these records came out, I, yo, a lot right. of my shit was not manufactured. Mm-hmm. And no disrespect to B2K, but a lot of their music was manufactured. Mm. And but for it was they were a boy band, bro. Boy bands are manufactured. You know what I'm saying? I was a solo artist, got it out the mud. Like those conversations we was having, bring my, that's like nigga, me being in the studio, really having conversations with nigga about real life shit and, and 
making metaphoric records and really being artistic and, and that's why it hit that way no it does you know still to this day I so that's a blessing club. for sure still to this day out here just a friend bro it hit the same every time yeah man yeah. so like you're right I, I, I just want to give you I tell him yeah, like, nah. give you flowers for you, you sure. You try to take them bitches away nah, for two I seconds though. I'm just being real. Like I ain't about to just be up here nah, and stop. I'm gonna be real nigga. with you. For sure. No, nah, I'm gonna give you your motherfucking flowers. <laughs> for sure. It's just, but so curious, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, you hear it and you heard yeah. it before the verses. Let's talk before Facts. the verses. You heard it. Yeah. How frustrating is that knowing that you that nigga, right? Yeah. But the world don't see it in the world so quick to say, oh no, nah, why you want to take this verse? I be trying to hide the frustration, but I think it came out came out a little bit on the verses. Cause somebody actually mentioned it to me. They was like, yo, you really look like you had animosity towards him. And I was like, yo, it's not, bro. It's just that. That's just, y'all put me on a, nigga, Versus is made for hip hop artists, nigga. Mm. It's really made for niggas going back. It's really some street on the block, nigga, back and forth type shit. And so would you, you want me to be fake? Mm. And it wasn't personal to it wasn't him. Maybe personal. it's probably everybody else though. Is it gotta be frustrating? Like, yo, like, now nah, I'm really here. It wasn't real. It, it it was just me being the nigga that I am, bro. It was just me being a talented nigga on stage having fun. Honestly, talking shit. That Baltimore shit. It's just yeah, like it's just <laughs> it could have been whatever. And it was. Let's just say it was somebody else, right? They would have had a better chance if they had other records. You know what I'm mm. saying? There could been other motherfuckers on there that could have watched me for real with their records, not with the talent though. You feel me? So. It's just, but it you was ain't what just it was. Oh, Mario, on that night, you really put on for R and B for sure, man. Yo, it looked sure. what I was you... performing at the people at home. Everybody else was focusing on the people in the audience. I was fucking with them too, but I knew I knew that it was like people here that I needed to connect with. Looking back on it, when you look watch it, was it like a a little bit not you because you did yeah. your thing, but was it a little bit of secondhand embar embarrassment for like R and B? I think I seen. Stat. That's what people was telling me. It was like somebody sent me a message the other day and said, "Yo, even though the verses as a whole is some shit, you did your thing." And I was just like, "Damn!" Like, yeah. I mean, I, I look, man. Like, I I didn't tour with a lot of artists. I done been on these stages with niggas for years. Everybody on that stage, so I know when people can do better. Like a lot of artists on that stage could have seen them perform better, way better. But the. <laughs> The difference is the mix. Let me just talk techno, tech, technology for a minute. The mix coming from here into this, there's no, you can't, there's no auto tune. You can't fake it. It's real. When you go to a venue and performing, there's screaming audiences. There's a lot to block what's really going on. You can play backing tracks. You can do all types of shit to hide. When you do a versus, it's really the mic going straight to the phone. So you can't really hide the little imperfections and shit. Mm. So people hearing shit like, oh, damn. Like, oh shit, nigga, this this is what it really sound like. But it was a good thing for everybody. Everybody had fun. It was the it's, biggest verses. It it's crazy really... because before the verses, when you was talking about the verses, it was uh it was a conversation around because you was on um the Millennium Tour. Yeah. Right? But yeah. it was always a, it was already a conversation of how the preparation showed in your set compared to everybody else's. Yeah. And I feel like that was probably just the same thing. Like, you was, like, super prepared. Did you prepare for that mm -hmm. a lot? I'm going to be honest with you, yo. Everything you're saying is the opposite. For real? You yeah. ain't prepared? I'm going to be honest with you. So, before we got to the show, they was like, all right, look. Omarion sent us a sequence of his whole show. Every song he's going to do one after the other. And this and this and that. And he got a band and he got a this. And I'm just like, this is a couple of days before the show. It's like he's bringing a band. I was like, damn, should I bring a band? I was like, no, why would I bring a band? They don't even have the right mix to bring a band through. It's going to fuck up my whole mix. I was like, nah, just give me fucking keys and a guitar. 
No, no full band shit. Yeah. And he's like, well, what about your sequence? I said, nigga, I'm not doing no sequence. I said, I know what songs I want to play. I don't know what order because I don't know the energy. I said, I'm going to go with the whatever flow, whatever, nigga. That's why me and my DJ was talking back and forth. I was like, nigga, no. Remember that? No, we're going to do this song because I'm going off for the raw energy. He had a whole sequence. So when the energy ain't go the way he wanted, he didn't know how to finagle the shit. I don't know. Maybe that's why he brought the water, watermelons and shit <laughs> I don't know what niggas was thinking about with that shit. Hey, I don't know what yo, niggas was thinking. Oh man, listen, we had a lot of fun <laughs> over the years, bro. This just fun, bro. We just having it's just it's just fun, man. No, nah, you was on some bullshit. And oh, what was killing shit. me was the energy thing, like, like the like unbothered shit is like, nigga, you tight, bro. And it's okay, bro. Like, nah. nah bro. Honestly speaking, just like he he a good dude, man. You know, he he's a he's a spiritual guy. You know what I'm saying? He doing his shit. It's just different energy, bro. No, you know, it's a different sure. energy. Yeah, how was the? How was the? We hear Swiss and Tim always talk about like the the versus the versus effect. Them niggas got rich off of that shit, boy. Them niggas got rich. But off they of said that they shit. wait, 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 wait. We just seen the earn your leisure, well assets over liability episode, and Swiss said he gave everybody a, a share in in Triller. Oh, I don't know about the Triller shit. I don't know. The, wait, the so you ain't get a that. share in Triller? Yeah. Nah, bro. That's what he just said. I didn't get no. Maybe earlier investors or some some shit like that. He said like, the artist. Nigga, I'm go talking my lawyer and shit. I ain't get. Yeah, but I, but I think that was part of the conversation. He said niggas probably don't even know about how it works or something like that. Nah, I, maybe specific ones. Maybe the first few people who did it. But nah, there was no talks about shares. Wait, so you ain't get paid for the show? Yeah, of course I got paid for the show. What about the? I got no. They paid me great for the show. Don't get don't get it fucked up. I'm I'm saying overall, I said they got rich. Nah, like, I was curious of how, how did the music? Because we always hear about the the versus effect. How was the music after? Did it jump up something crazy? Yeah, man, that shit went crazy. Like right after, I wish I would have had a project ready. I ain't gonna lie to you, and I didn't. Mm. I didn't have because the verses like that shit happened quick. We were having conversations for like a, like six months, but then when everybody finally signed on, I didn't know for sure it was gonna happen. So I didn't have shit ready to go. So, but mm. nah, man, it was it did what it needed to do. Do you think and how so, much? And it's gonna be a crazy question. Yeah. Just be fair though. Yeah. Do you think it's easy to be accepted as like this? And I don't want to say new artist, but reinventing yourself now because of the performance from Versus. I just think it shifted the perspective of me now, and like the it reminded people of the gravity of my staying power. Mm. For sure, for sure. So one to ten, how much would you contribute versus to the success that you're seeing now? Um, I would say six. I'm gonna Not tell bad. you why, because I didn't come right off the back of all oh, millions of people, nigga, Instagram. It was a lot of energy for like that that first month. I didn't come right off the back with a project, hmm. so I let it the hype die down or whatever you want to call it. Even though fans are still there, but I let that die down. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I would I would say six because everything else was just hustle and flow. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Nah, man. I appreciate the conversation, man. For this sure. shit was fire. For sure. Uh, you got all the roses. I ain't taking them back. Nah, I know, bro. You got all the roses, My brother. Nigga, I'm proud what, of you too, dog. I appreciate For that. Sure. What, um, For sure. What's going on now? What can we expect next? So the single's out right now. Video's out. Going crazy, man. Um, May 1. I got a tour coming up. I'm going out with Neo, Robin Thicke. Uh, Champagne and Roses. So we only doing like 15 dates. That's on, that's on my IG. Go click the link in the bio. Um, then I got another single coming top of the year and then I'm working on an album. Um, so I'm about to go in and make probably my best work ever. Mm. That's my, that's my mentality. I'm going in with that. And I, I, when I say that, I mean like 
conceptually, visually, everything. So I'm excited about that for sure. I appreciate it, man. Again, yeah. man. It's all love, man. Mario, Mr. J Hill, J Hill Podcast. Yeah. Right, we out.